Eight. Any last words? Seven. Six. Five. Four. Three. Two. One. Welcome, everybody, to Chuck and Lou. I'm just going to go ahead and start off here talking about, uh, you want to talk about our ga- golf match last week? Um, I don't care. I think everybody probably just wants to sit here and listen to me go over this card. Hole one, Jack five, coach four. We'll, we'll just, we'll stop right there and we'll, we'll talk about that later. What a great day we had. Um, was that last week? It seems like everything's going together. Yeah, about, it seems like it was a month ago. And we'll talk about that later. But tonight, we have made an adjustment to the show. It's not really a huge adjustment. It's someone that I've really been looking forward to ask this question to. And we're going to call him Pete. Pete, what's going on? <laughs> Uh, I'm not sure about the name Pete, but uh, <laughs> nothing much. Enjoying the weekend. A little hot today. Hot. Very it's, it's, hot. It's not going to get any cooler here later in the week. It's supposed to be really hot. Yeah. You know? I heard 110 with the Ooh, heat index. Sounds like, sounds like 36 holes right up our alley there. Absolutely. So Pete, Pete is uh, Drew Ebert. He's from you know everywhere. He, he's a little bit everywhere, but more of a, a St. Charles High guy doing some coaching over there. He's going to coach softball this year along with women's basketball, the assistant job there that he's, he's been there forever. And some of you who are great listeners who have listened to every single episode, he's been on before. I have. This it, is this is an honor. Second back. time. I'm back. I mean, this I don't think this will ever happen to anybody else, but he's back. And like I said, you know, we can't fill this thing with uh, guests where we can sit down and just, you know, ask them questions about their life and mentorship and basketball and high school stuff. we got to have some fun on this show, too. So we want to we wanna let Pete know that um, on most nights that we do this and we don't have a guest, he's going to be um, coming on with us. So it's kind of a, a three Headed monster now, um, and, and yeah, the the West kids brought in a bucko here. So, um, like I said, welcome and thanks for doing this. Hey, I appreciate it. Uh, I've listened to every podcast, and you know, being the third Better member half. of the group, these people you're bringing in, I don't know if I'm worthy of sitting in this chair right well, now. Well, you're definitely worthy of just coming on and, and you know shooting it with uh, Lou and I. So, Lou, let's we always kind of start with our weekends. Uh, what'd you have this weekend? Uh, Friday, I went and played golf. Okay. Uh, Where'd you play? Bear Creek. Bear Creek? Oh, so you had to go back after our bear crack? Our, mm. our bear crack, I should say crack. <laughs> Christmas. Bear Creek? Yes. So what'd you shoot? 88. Again? Although uh, I've played from the blue tees this time. Oh, oh, okay. So moving it back to the blues, feeling big. You got some new clubs today, I hear. So anything else um, this weekend? I know you and I spent Friday night going through some scorebooks, some yeah, old St. Charles West scorebooks. That was fun. That was a blast. Um, what, Jesus, what, I forgot. What, what years were they? Oh, God. 77 through... 2010. Yeah. That's a, that's a lot before of... Hollander, you know? Um, and we kind of found him in like this random weightlifting coach's office type deal. Um, really cool to go back and look at the history, though, uh, of St. Charles West. And Lou and I, we, we had some had much fun with that. So anything on Saturday, Sunday? Did you just relax? I don't even remember you slept what I did yesterday. Today, you said. I don't even remember what I did yesterday, to be honest. Well, Pete and I slept till 10 o'clock today. It was incredible. It was probably the first time in about 10 years I was able to to sleep until 10. It felt amazing. So I figured uh, when I asked you guys the question about what you did this weekend, um, I figured it would be something about, no, no one went to Hooting the Blowfish? I did not. You didn't? I did not. I, I you know, if you drive down Fifth Street, uh-huh. you can hear, is, was it a Riverport? Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. Was it no, Hollywood? No, call it Riverport. That's okay, what I call that's, that's what I call it too. If, if there's not a lot of traffic going on, there's con- you can actually hear really the sound. Yeah, I had a buddy in high school who lived off of uh, Fifth Street down there. Uh-huh. And you could hear concerts. You couldn't hear them well, but you could hear every once in a while. Came in pretty clear. So, right. Lou, yeah. do you even know who Hootie and the Blowfish is? Honestly, I don't. You have no idea. No. Were you down at Cinderella this weekend? The Muni? No, no, I was. Really? I'm lying. Totally lying. Yeah, I met my daughter. Did go, but I, I did not go. So, um, I guess you know. That comes a shocker to me. Yeah, well, shocker to me would be if you'd have been like, oh, I played in the Whitmore member guest tournament this weekend or something. So, um, tonight's topics. 
We're going to talk about the high school championship factor point system, which is for a lot of you out there, it's 1A, 2A, 3A, 4A. You're kind of putting one of those categories, 5A in hoops, 6A even in football. And then you just play normally against schools that are around your same enrollment. And we all know that with that, um, the private schools had some, you know, um, factors that went in with them as far as doubling their number if they were just male or female. And it was it was kind of just one of those things where this is something we're going to chat about that's probably going to, I think in my mind, be good for most to kind of get the, the evenness when it comes to districts and the class 4A, 5A. 3A that our schools kind of hang out in, in the 3A, 4A area. Um, and then we're also going to talk about the Cardinals. Uh, we just do because we, we kind of have to. We're going to talk a little bit just about uh, my experience in summer summer jobs around town, you know, a lot of pool jobs. And then we're going to talk about the Open Tournament and finish with a little Wimbledon. And the Open Grants. Championship. Or the Open. The Open. Did I say Wimbledon? Wimbledon? No, you said, it's, you said the Open Tournament. The oh, open championship. sorry. It's the Open Championship. And I, I've seen people online because, you know, we have Twitter tough guys. Oof. And Twitter when you call it like the British Open, right? which I would say a high percentage of people do, especially in you America. Get, you get criticized for that. And no, no, it's the Open Championship. Well, now that you kind of called me out on it, I actually did have to look that up today because I'm like, what do they call it? You can just call it the Open, but, but Lou's on that. So we'll, uh, we'll give Lou a chance to kind of really talk about that. I later. call it the Open. Okay, good. So let's talk about the championship factor. And Pete, could you kind of just give us a background and then Lou kind of chime in on what this really even means? Well, just looking at all the literature that was sent to us, I guess starting through districts, starting, that was it the 2021 school year? Yeah, so not this coming year, yeah, but the so next year. so the following year. year, they're going to take your previous six years, you know, your success in districts, quarterfinal sectionals, all the way through. So, you know, looking at it from our perspective, being a class four school, uh, you might see some of those private schools jump up to class five. I don't know. Are they, if they're really good, do they jump up two classes? I did read in the article that if they're extremely good, they can get pumped up two classes. Oh, uh, that you got you jump up one class at a time. Well, one class at a time, but you yeah. could. I mean, you could yeah, start eventually. this year and yeah. you know three A, and you could be five A by the time three or four years come down the road because you just kicked butt. You maybe you won three state uh, state championships. So, um, like Pete said, it's it's literally the farther you get, the more points you rack up, um, and then they take that six year span. I think they're spending the time now going back and researching all this, and it is for I believe baseball, basketball, football, soccer softball, and volleyball. I believe that you are correct. And the other sports are just going to go on the, the standard basis. They've always went off, so it won't affect um, wrestling, um, things like that. So we talk about point system, which just means, let, let's just say that, you know, we were talking earlier, um, let's say St. Dominic, uh, Lou, they go and, and they win uh, two state championships in boys basketball, and they win a district title the first three or four years. In six years, they've really accumulated something, but their girls team has been you know, a best at 10 and 10 for the last six years. That's not going to affect both the girls and boys basketball, right? Correct. Okay. So it's just going to um, go, obviously, boys and girls and season by season and sport by sport, which makes a total amount of sense. Yeah. Um, now, what are some pros and cons of this? Looting okay. Pros or cons? Well, it's kind of funny you mentioned St. Dominic. There's So I don't know if we said this, but the private schools that are not affected are anybody that's single gender. Okay. So... If you're like an incarnate or a CBC or a slew high, you're not you affected incarnate by incarnate first. I see okay. red shirt. <laughs> I was thinking Saint Joe. <laughs> Doing a great job. Continue. To okay. Explain. Um. So if you're so if you're a single gender school, you, you're not affected. But all the schools, including the the co-ed private schools, they start. Oh yeah, the co-ed private schools they start at their regular enrollment. So the one point three five multipliers out. It's gone. So that like a school like a Saint Dominic, that's not really going to affect them because I mean their enrollment's pretty much the same. Uh huh. And they won't really change classes. Where it would affect the Duchenne, you wouldn't think it would, but it would because that's probably for how small 
the classes are, especially in football and soccer, that's a that's probably a class they're dropping down. Uh, and I, I know Pete, you mentioned something about how. Um, it, it kind of may help some schools in the 4A, 3A spot, or it might hurt some, and you kind of had a list of, of some schools. Yeah, I just, you know, I went over on the Mission website today, and I was, it, you know, I'm being, Sexy. Huh? That's, that's some sexy stuff there going on the website. <laughs> Mission. Uh, on the boys' side of it, I kind of went back the last six years, and you'd probably know better than I would, schools like Trinity right. and Whitfield, you know. Trinity in football and Whitfield yeah, and yeah. hoops. Even Lutheran North in football. Right. They're going to obviously jump up uh-huh. a class, which is fine. I think where you're going to see some people not happy with this are the smaller schools. Not that there's a lot of private schools that are class one or two, but there's, you know. But there are some. Yeah, there are. And that really doesn't benefit them. I don't know. I'm not 100% sure about it. But, you know, if and for example, if you're a four or class five or six in basketball and you're already a, a CBC or something like that, you're, there's nowhere for you to yeah, go. You can't go so to the those, 10A. Those right. public schools who are, you know, already class six, you know, you're going to be stuck with them. So right. I know it, it is what it is. I don't know if there's any good fix, but, you know, at least they're, at least they're doing something. I think that's the key word that you yeah. said, you know, a couple words there, phrase, is they're doing something about it to see how this really does impact it, you yeah. know. And no one's going to know if the system works just like, just like anything else until it's put in place. Yeah. Uh, but I think it's I a, think the a decent higher thing. public schools that they're stuck, I think that's fair because take, like, a Parkway South right. that stink at everything. Well, like, well, that's your problem. You, you stink at it. Or so Parkway South. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Just calling out of school. What do you, okay, so... I, <laughs> just saying. Just saying. I think they're school. swimming. Pretty good. I have no, I have no idea. Um, so, you know, that's something that I think the younger families that are coming into our programs or any program need to kind of be aware of because I don't think terribly 100% of the parents even understood the way it was going now. You know, you, no, kind of, I agree. you had to educate them quite a bit. And even us coaches now, you know, the, the districts don't come out until, you know, for football, like a month into the season almost. It's just a, it's a different dynamic, but it's definitely going to Take some education because you're going to see some flippity floppity, you know, yeah, quite a bit. Yeah, especially even if the uh, with the uh, public schools who are you know on the border, right? So they might drop a class because they're. I guess they're still going to do the enrollment by every year to see which class you're going to fall right. in. They do that first, and then yeah. they go to that. Yeah, so that you know there could system. be there could be schools that are going from class three one year, class four, just depend on their enrollment, and then obviously the. The private schools who are really having success are going to keep going up. Right. But the private schools, you know, what do they drop then? I mean, or, you know, what, what, what do the coaches do who are now <laughs> in the private school sector that move around all over the place? Do they yeah. like have like three or four really good years and they're like, heck with this, I'm going to, yeah. I'm going to move on to somewhere else who no. hasn't been very good. Now I'm going to go coach them up. Yeah. Now I'm going from a 5A to a 3A. It'll be interesting to see how coaches, because the coaching carousel, especially on the boys' side, has just been a roller coaster, anyways, oh. in those types of schools that we're talking about. Yeah, and it's going to be how do they or, or do they they switch every six years, right? I, I believe it's just a six year cycle. So is that how it works? And then it'll go off the chain, yeah. like you know, like I because said, because you don't want to have like what Illinois has, where it's every four years, right? So I think the article from SK High School Sports said, I think the article from SK High School Sports was saying that they were taking. I think Althoff and Jordan Goodwin was there. Uh-huh. They've been facing the repercussions from that because they had a great class, right? And I guess six years is enough. Now is it is it private schools in Illinois too, or is that everybody? Everybody. So everyone does that. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Interesting. So, so I guess they're kind of kind of stealing a little bit of what they did too. But if you're yeah. going to be, I mean, uh, at least six have some years sort of is perfect though, because so. you don't want you don't want to reward or not reward someone that has had a great class or had a miraculous player. Yeah. You know. Um, no, so I, I agree. That'd be interesting. Yeah. That'd be very very interesting. Let's get to the Cardinals real quick. Um, 
This portion of the show, by the way, is sponsored by Confluence Studios and our own Keith Mangles, who does everything from the audio, the editing, to the publication of our podcast, is done by Keith. And Keith is here tonight like he is every night. Keith Mangles is back there. And you can definitely reach out. You right back there, Iggy? (laughs) So you can reach out to (laughs) Keith. Maybe you're someone who needs help with a podcast or answering questions or um, he can can do it all. So he is uh, at confluencestudios at gmail.com. I'm going to try to spell this. K-O-N-F-L-U-E-N-Z. S-T-U-D-I-O-S at gmail.com. Bam. I should be in cheerleader. That was, that was really fantastic. Good. So, I mean, the Cardinals. What will Mosellock do? Is he going to do his normal normal thing where here in August 1st, um, Yachty comes back and everybody stands and gives him an ovation and Ozuna comes back and he tells everybody that, well, this is better than a trade. Yeah, I, you know? <laughs> that it's like it's the same same thing with them. And I'll, I'll admit, I haven't been the best Cardinals fan the last couple of years, but you know, I obviously I follow him. But it's if someone, I don't think you would be alone on that. I mean, I was yeah. I watched every game um, until about two and two or three years ago, and now I catch him when I can. But I don't think there's just so much going on, so much we can do. I think that's just kind of a general, um, especially for I guess I guess us mid thirty year old guys. Um, I feel like I have friends the same way who aren't really paying attention to it that they used to. But so, what do you think? You know, you were going to say something about the Cardinals in general. It's just. It's like they always compare, like, if a guy gets hurt and comes back, well, it's just like making a trade. It just doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. They're 46 and 45 right now. Right. Average. At Average. Best. And that's that's who they were going into the season. Now, on paper, they might have looked better. Right. I was maybe one of the few that was questioning in their pitching where everyone else was really, you know. They're bragging that, about it. Yes. They yeah. were really bragging. I go, well, a lot of these guys are unproven. Right. You weren't sure about Wainwright, who's having a great year. I think Wainwright's the only pitchers that exceeded expectations. I agree. What, let me, Lou. What's your take on on the Cardinals in general? Um, did the I Blues? Think, did the Blues kind of take you out of that momentum of getting? I mean, for me, the Blues took a lot of steam out of me. But what do you think the about the Blues? Just, took a lot of pressure off the Cardinals, though. They did. Oh, they agree. did because they'd have been on them from day. It, it could have been bad. You know, Schulte. I, yeah, I, I think if the Blues didn't go on their run, there'd have been so much more yes. pressure from everyone. You might have seen, you know, Mo gone already. Right. I think I think for the first time in his tenure, this is the first time where he's really starting to feel a little pressure. I think Pete's got, you know, Pete's got a. You're on to something here, Pete. I, I thought that last I, year I, about a little bit, but it, now. And in, in what my fear is, and I love the Cardinals, and I, I, it's hard to argue with their success, except the last couple of years. And we've been pretty fortunate. We've Very fortunate. we've missed the playoffs. What last year by um, a game, a game or two. two. I think. Yeah. So that's. That just shows you kind of the expectations of St. Louis and where the Cardinals need to be. But I think, you know, the Cardinals will go on a little run mm-hmm. and it'll be just enough to save well, the jobs of you know, you know where I'm going with it. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be honest. I, I know people are getting on Schultz, especially after his kind of crazy rant. I think I get where he was coming from. He he I don't think he fully understood what he was saying. I think I get what he was trying to say. He was trying to send a message more to the players than I agree. anything. But what I think, I don't think everything's his fault or Mozart's no, fault. I think I a lot of it is you underachieving look, players. Yeah, look at the last three years. Yeah. There's a lot of constants in players. Give it to me. Colton Wong. Right. Matt Carpenter. Yep. Adam Weiner. No, not Adam Weiner. Molina, more or less, offensively. Yeah. Yeah, there's, there's definitely some players there. And... It was before you got traded, Tommy Pham. Well, and, I'm glad you brought him up. And, and he's just he's killing it. He's great. He's energy. I think he's one of those guys that yeah, if you're on his team, you might think he's a little weird, but he's the guy you play for, and he's gonna bring a little excitement every day to the ballpark. Yeah, he yeah. might do something dumb and say something stupid, and, you know. But he's 
He brings He's the energy. guy you'd rather have on your team than play against him. I, I, I agree. I mean, right now, the Cardinals are the fourth lowest in home runs in, in the National League, batting average, and on base percentage. I think you need those three things to win games. I, I And it's just, I don't think this getting Yachty back and Ozuna back is really going to change all three of those. It might change your on base percentage a little bit, possibly, um, but I, I just don't think so. The Cardinals have the next 11 games, I believe, against Cincinnati and Pittsburgh. I personally think they need to go 8-3 and three, um, in the next 11 because here's why. Afterwards, they play 11 games against Houston, the Cubs, the Dodgers, and the A's. Those teams are combined 53 games over 500. So if you don't play well in the next 11 against your own division in competition that those two teams sit average below 500, if you don't go 8-3 and three or 7-4 and four, and then you try to jump on the big dogs who are 53 games over 500, this, game, this, this year could be over um, in about... Oh, 26 days from now. The, I, the Cardinals were two outs away from their season, I think, possibly being over. But the night before the 4th of July, they are playing Seattle, mm-hmm. and they were down 2-0 and scored five runs in the ninth. And I think that gave the guys a spark. And I think they've carried that on because they've won every series since then. Right. And, and I'm that, hoping they do, but if, I really think this next 11-game stretch is because it's in the division, too, and it's against teams that are a heck of a lot better than the next four opponents. No, I agree. And... and the thing that I'm gonna give you one minute, one minute already. It's it. Okay, Come on, Pete. Sorry, I'll make it quick. On <laughs> uh, hold two, Jack. Uh, coach. <laughs> Just the things. The thing that bothers me the most about the the Cardinals is the the contracts they give out. When especially when they have these guys under control already. Don't you think they almost seem like they're a business that's giving bonuses to the guys who had good years two years ago? So now we feel like we owe them money. Yeah, it's, it's like not, that's are, not how this business the Cardinals works. are falling or falling into traps placed by other teams of pressuring guys to I sign guess. contracts and, and the the Voigt deal can you do you remember who we traded Luke Voigt for oh bag of baseballs and some cash I think it was Jason Shreve and Giovanni Gallegos yeah oh, of course so no yeah well I knew the Shreve one I didn't know the other one and Luke Voigt was tearing obviously I know having Goldschmidt here yeah but you keep a guy like Voigt in the picture and obviously I and I'm a big name guy I think having a name will bring people in but you have Voight, who's just tearing it up. You could use that money for a pitcher, which right. we needed, and and which has been kind of our Achilles heel. The thing really with Voight, though, is that he got a start with the Yankees because they didn't have a first baseman. No, I agree. The On Yankees three, spot. Jack got a three, I got a four. So we're, we're through three holes through that conversation. Do you guys understand that? There's got to be one guy that listens. He's like, <laughs> I wonder what they did on hole four. Uh, anyways, great baseball talk, very knowledgeable. Um, we're going to talk about just summer jobs in general. And I know Lou um, doesn't necessarily have a job right now. You're pretty young. But I'm just going to kind of ask, like, this: when you're a kid in the summertime nowadays in 2018 or 19, like, first off, where would you want to work? I, the driving I have a guess. The driving range, right? Yeah. I feel like every time I go to the driving Everyone range. Everyone works at the driving range. I feel range. like they employ 30 kids from the St. Charles School District. I know. I think I have two or three of my basketball players or former players that work there. Yeah. And I still don't get free balls. I just go through at the wrong time. There's like a guy, oh, what do you want? You I, know, I, like, I go and what a gold mine. I'm not that great at golf. I oh I want to be good at it. I, and it's like anything, you just got to practice at it. But I need to go when there's very few people there right now. My game is so terrible. You're so bad. Right now. Even if you go to the place that has the boards on the side, are you worried about hitting someone 
over no, the course. No, no, no. That's I, a total. No, I, I'm not that bad. Okay, so you're talking when you go on the grass. Yeah, the grass. You're not, you're not grass guy yet. I am. Yeah. It's just not consistent. At where, like nine ten in the morning when exactly. you and like old Larry. I'm there five minutes. I'm there five minutes before they open. <laughs> Give me a small bucket of balls. Give me a small bucket. Let me get out of here. Exactly. Oh man. So um, I think the driving range would be cool. Um, what else, Lou? Do, do your friends? Oh, uh, I would not be able to work at a pool. I just couldn't, no. I couldn't and that seems it. to be like one of the most popular ones. Um, so a little bit about the past here. I have some. I have some stories. I was a, a pool guy. I worked. I was the maintenance guy at Waffle Horse Pool um, in high school, and I also for one year worked on the grounds crew for the baseball diamonds around town. So a typical, in my opinion, um, athlete that I love baseball and I, I played Legion baseball this particular year. So I got to take care of the field that I was going to play on that night. And I thought that was pretty cool. Even was it a, CNH? Uh, no, it was not. It was okay. over here at Blanchette diamond two. And it was just a buddy and I, uh, Ed Clipfell, who's now a detective uh, in O'Fallon. I know it. Um, it's been a while. Yeah. Him so and I see. worked at the parks department together, but before that year I worked at the pool and I was a maintenance man. And I, I'll tell you a quick story. I showed up at the pool. Waffle Horse at the time was one of the only really big pools in St. Charles. So it was packed all the time. So I'm I'm the maintenance guy. I show up at at 9 o'clock in the morning and I'm getting the chlorine mixture, the pH level looking all nice. And I was um, at a friend's house the night before and I was tired. So I brought my own pillow and I'm in the (laughs) pump room and I get all the chemicals and and you just just press a bunch of buttons, you know, and I fall asleep. That's and like, oh, I woke oh. up an hour and a half later to a lifeguard who was trying to figure out where I was because I'm in the pump room and I'm the only one who has keys to the pump room at the time. The manager is trying to fix Blanchette for the 50th time that summer and she's banging and I, and I wake up and the pool is green <laughs> and it's 1030. We open at 11 and the line is 150 deep. I mean, it's 88 degrees on a Saturday and I've ruined this pool. So needless to say, um, we had to tell everybody to go home. And that Saturday, that, that pool lost a lot of money because I decided I, to sleep a little imagine. bit. So needless to say, uh, John, <laughs> on Monday morning, I went in and was asked to um, take my maintenance duties over to the smaller Blanchette pool for the last two weeks of, uh, of the summer. Um, I, can't, so, I can't believe you would do that to those kids. Well, you know, and I, and I do everything for the kids. And I teach you and do. coach. But the fact that I even brought the pillow with me, like I, I had all intentions of taking a nap. Uh, I, yeah, I wasn't, wasn't going to go there. I was just like, well, I've never brought a pillow to work. so <laughs> I did, okay, and, okay. and I learned from that. Yeah. So um, <laughs> th- that's my story there. And, and a quick other one, I was dragging baseball down, so I'll try to keep this one short. And um, there was a softball tournament at Waffle Horse the next day, and they had to go down to this this place on Main Street called Bales Park. They had two diamonds to drag. So I said, you know, my buddy Ed, I said, uh, this is when Ed was working with me, the detective now. He said, Let's go drag the diamonds tonight after our Legion game so we don't have to get up in the morning and do it because, you know, we're, we had plans. So we drug a Waffle Horse baseball fields at 11 o'clock at night, flipped the lights on. We were there till 1230 dragging fields. Then we took the drag over to Bales Park from, you know, where Waffle Horse mm-hmm. is, all the way down That's to Bales Park. We left the drag on the truck. So it left marks on the pavement. Like it was like, you know, almost started like a, like a fire, you know, and uh, you could see sparks. And then uh, we made it back to the office. And the funniest thing about the whole story was we got done about 1 a.m. And we had clocked in. (laughs) (laughs) So we clocked in. We clocked out. um, And needless to say, um, I think the next two weeks after that, the first thing they said when they called us in on Monday was, we can't believe you guys clocked in. You know, and we wanted to get paid for our time. So anyways, uh, on Monday I got called in and I was picking up uh, cigarette butts for the next week. Uh, wasn't fired though because we got the job done. Oh yeah, that's but, good. Um, I was wondering if they brought you back for the following year. Well, the following year I was off to college and it didn't well, matter. Yeah, it worked out. You know? yeah, so, it, so it worked out. But um, 
I think, you know, anything with golf would be cool in the summer. I know we have a lot of, like, cart guys and, and, and cart, you know, people that work at Bogey. I see a lot of. Um, I do miss St. Charles Golf Course. But Gosh. So, Jack Too or soon. Lou, we're going to find you at um, the range someday here soon, maybe working? Hopefully. Hopefully. So that's that's some cool summer stories, and I'm sure many of us had fun in the summer this summer. The you might see me grinding on the golf course, too. Yeah. You got some good <laughs> clubs today, and, and you said at pitch and putt you were, what, four under? Four under all on the back, which is the tougher nine. On hole four here, by the way, you played at Bear Creek. You shot a seven, and I got a six. What a bad hole for us there. You came back on five, and you got a four, and I got a five. So we're now good par through too. Uh, a real good par. Now, I don't even remember it, but... Yeah, that'd be a good part. It's pretty tough how one. many how many houses did you hit? Anybody? Uh, I smoked one roof. I think was that the next. I played the next week out there too. I think it was fun next week. And needless to say, I've I've got one down in the last two times I've played. I've I got zero. I was very very nervous. I was in uh, Gulf Shores, Orange Beach area two weeks ago, and I went played at Kiva Dunes. Isn't that like the number one course in Alabama? It is, for or what I what I've been told, and it definitely it uh, showed its toughness to me. But so what you're saying is you probably don't belong on this course. No, but it was fun. I went with my brother. We hardly ever get a family vacation, right, right. but it was good to go play with him. And obviously, he's a lot better golfer than I am. But there's these million dollar houses mm-hmm. that face the golf course, and the backside it's like the ocean. Well, needless to say, but as I mentioned earlier, I'm not the best golfer. I enjoy it. Right. I like going out with my buddies playing. Well, I, I sliced one big time, and uh, I waited for about five or six seconds, and all of a sudden I hear, oh, boom, <laughs> and then I said, well, let's just, you know, let's just skip this hole. We'll, we'll keep going. Yes. So whoever's house that you is, if you're listening, I know we're, we have a big following in Gulf Shores. Uh, actually, we uh, do. We've been getting some, uh, uh, some things online here. I've been getting some texts and some things on uh, social media from down that way that they're tuning in um, to the show, and they're going to they're gonna love Pete's story, but you might have just gotten ratted yeah. out with our fans and down they're, there. They're facing some tough weather right now with that hurricane kind of going through Louisiana there, so hope everyone's safe down there. Yeah, so let's go ahead. We're going to move into um, this week in golf is I said, what's called the Open Championship. Open. Right? Correct. The Open. So um, the Open Championship, which is obviously one of the majors, and where's that played in North? Northern Ireland. It's being it's the British Open Sorry. being politically incorrect right. at in Northern Ireland. So um, Royal that's a little different. Port- Port- Rush, yes, is the uh, is the course there, and it's a ten million dollar purse. That's it. Um, my God, the money in golf is just ridiculous. It's unbelievable. But I'm attached and I'm a nerd with it. Um, who you guys got in in the um, Open? I got John Rahm. John Rahm and why? I think he's finally figured out his putter. Okay. He won his last event was last week in, in the Irish Open, which was a little bit more of a truer test of what Port Rush is going to be. Uh, it's going to be a really tight course, a lot of out-of-bounds. Okay. Uh, so basically, it's it's a bad mix for Tiger. I don't think he'll make it to the weekend. They have Milky Ways at the turn. I love me a good candy bar at the turn. <laughs> yeah. Is, uh, I don't even know. I, don't, I haven't looked at the odds, but the last I saw was DJ still... Was it DJ or is it, was it Kepka? It was Kepka. Kepka. Kepka, I think Kepka, I mean, yeah, eight to one or ten to one. Um, Tigers sixteen to one. Um, Tommy Fleetwood for a Tommy Fleetwood fans was twenty five to one. Um, yeah, I'm a nerd. That's all I did. It's all right. So. I looked earlier and I couldn't remember. I'm I'm gonna go with Justin Rose. He's always a good one. He's to just pick. a he's solid. Steady. Yeah, he's he's good. You I think know. he's one of those guys that gets bored on like Friday and Saturday and then makes the cut and he's kind of. Like the last nine on Saturday and the eighteen on Sunday, yeah. he's like, "Oh, let's make this interesting." Yeah, you know, um, my pick out of the hundred and sixty total players that are in this sucker. I mean, you can even fit that on St. Pete. You know, um, <laughs> my boy, uh, I'm gonna go with um, Royal McIlroy. 
Mm. Rory because he played there when he was 16 years old and shot a 61. Can you believe that? I shot a 61 before. On Swing around? Yes. Yeah. It was actually on the front nine at St. Pete. Wow. Well, yeah. Lions tournament? No. No. <laughs> um, but I just, I feel like he's played a lot of this sort of golf. Um, the, it's kind of a link style, you know. In his home country. Yeah, that helps too. Absolutely. You know? And I think he, um, I think he's kind of been waiting for this moment if it's kind of where it's located. Um, prepping, I'm sure he's been playing out there forever, as a lot of the guys do. They said Tiger played today and they said he was brutal. They said it was also really? kind of warm today, but. It's supposed to be cold and rainy. He was dressing as if it was raining today in his practice round. That, that's incredible. It's yeah. just. Well, he I was in like a sweater, and they said he was in his rain gear and like was getting ready because he knows. And then he was playing with Patrick Reed of all people, who they said was just in a t-shirt and shorts. Sounds T- about right. Tiger, I, correct me if I'm wrong. Was there something like the last two weeks he's been waking, waking up. up at like one a.m. Yeah, yeah. To get used just to, to the, get the time change yeah. or whatever. That's yeah. and now he's wearing the clothes that he's going to have to wear the next couple days, maybe. And they said he looks stiff. I'm like, well, of course he did. He had six layers of clothes on, and it was and he probably just made the flight over. So my goodness. Um, anything else you want to tell us about this loop, this tournament? Um, uh, it's supposed to be cold, rainy, and windy all week. That's how we like it at the that, open. It's how we love it. I love yeah, waking I up at 6 o'clock in the morning and just Watching seeing a guy struggle. with a coat and a, and a hat on, you know, just and over the ears. Bro, bro, it's oh, just, and they just look so uncomfortable. Yeah, I, I, and we mentioned this Shit, off-air. I don't know what it is about the open, but it's – and I love all watching the Masters. I love Pete, watching you said golf. you're not going to go to sleep some of those nights. I, I, I might, if I can do it, I'm getting you're a little go, older. Uncle Joe's, Holy Harry's. No, and no, then, I haven't done that scene oh, okay. in a while. Okay. but. You know, if I can stay up, I loved doing that when I was in high school. Stayed up, watched the open. For some reason, it's just my favorite one. You know, I don't know why or it what. Is, it is neat. It kind of, to me, still depends on when Tiger tees off. And if he tees off at 5 in the morning, I'll roll over and, and watch it. I, I get excited for that It'll as well. It'll be about 3 or 8. Yeah, it's going to one of those days it's going to be real, real early. So a couple more topics. We had Wimbledon today. Lou, tell us a little bit about Wimbledon. Uh, Tennis stuff. Rackets. Yeah, it was men's final today. It was very good final, about five hours. That's and, ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> Long, five hours is ridiculous. Uh, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, longest. You can't do anything for five hours. Yeah. Longest final in men's history. Uh, Novak Djokovic, Rod, Roger Federer, two of the. I can't even long, sit on a beach for five hours. <laughs> longest. Or the, but they won two, two of the top three most majors. And Djokovic got his 16th. Denied Federer 21 titles. 16 and denied. Denied Federer 20, his 21st major title. Oh, my God. I'd just like Tiger to get the twenty major titles I, in golf. That would be sweet. I, I remember growing up watching like Sampras, Andre Agassi, and Agassi, Jim Courier. Yeah, all those guys. And we at the time thinking these guys are the best tennis players I've ever seen. Yes. And they can't compete with these guys now. Oh, they it's, no. it's, I know I, it's hard to compare eras, right. but it's just like it's and hard to. And some of these dudes are six four. They're yeah. long. It's six eleven. They're, they're serving balls that you can't return. It's just six eleven and at one forty. God, I mean. Could you return one of those serves? No shot. No shot. Did you see that guy get hit in the face? I sent you a video of that. Yeah. And the doubles. <laughs> he just got smoked. It was it was a good scene. And those ball boys are ridiculous. Yeah, and you know, impressing me about them. They don't move. They don't flinch. No. So if there's someone, I mean, yeah, they just stand they, there and then boom. They and even like, affected my son, who's seven. Like he's like, Dad, those ball boys, are they statues? Like they do literally. And then when they run, they just and they stop on a dime. Yeah. I mean, hey, impressive stuff. Do you think you could do that, Lou? Uh, probably. I think you'd be pretty good at it. You'd be pretty good at it. So, um, be a, of your front row seat. Who won the women's? They Serena was, lost, right? Yeah, Serena lost. She got smoked. Oh, man. 6-2, 6-2? Yeah. Uh, 
she needs to get to 24, Toddy, all-time record. So let's go ahead. we got a couple things to close the show out here. Um, Lou and I golfed this past week. We went to uh, Pheasant Run a couple weeks ago, which doesn't count. That's part three. And then we went out to really challenge our skills at Bear at Creek. Bear Creek. And... Um, the day was going well, uh, 43 on the front for Jack, 42 for Coach, and then we got to the on the front and the back. Um, started out a little, uh, I didn't play very well, and, and Lou kind of heated up a little bit. And then we went into 18, and I'm going to let Lou describe oh 18. Okay, so I think you teed off first. And we were tied, by the way, going into 18. And you took out the big dog. I did. Hit it way right. Way right. <laughs> Hit my tee shot center of the fairway. And you went first, you said, right? I, I, went, I think I went first. Yeah, I think you went first. Um, and I, there was a bunch of room out there to the right. Can't lose it out there. Um, and if I miss, I miss right. And and I choked one, and he stripes it down the middle. So, meanwhile. You're up first, and you tried to attack the hole. And you went I, right I was probably 160, 65 out. But I had my, my feet were kind of on on a yeah. on a little hill there, you know. So, I didn't have very good balance. And thought, you, I hit a, and thought I hit a good shot. And what I do after that. <laughs> Started running. I started running. I thought I, I, I was. And you were short. And I was short. <laughs> so I had 140 left, hit right at the hole, went running after Six feet. Six feet, yep. So now he's sitting to birdie putt. I'm chipping up for a birdie. Chip's chip. not, yeah, chip is. It's pretty good. It's about two, three feet. Two, three feet. And I go ahead, I'd finish out. You know, I'm going to let, yeah. see, see if I'm going to put a little pressure on. <laughs> I like it. I like so it. let me go. Let, let's, let's hear Lou's point of view. Um, so six feet. Left to right putt. I thought I had the line, left edge of the cup. As it gets to the hole, I think I got this, and it turns right, right at the end. Miss it, and uh, yeah, mid par and tied. We tied, and he was Tiger Woods fist pump as it circled the hole, slow motion. He was right here. If you can see me on Facebook Live, if we ever get there, oh, he's right here. With that fist bump, and he's about ready to turn and, and get maybe. Would you have given it maybe a double fist pump? Or, yeah, something yeah. like that. Would you have thrown the club or no? Okay, okay. Um, and I, I would have dropped and, it, but I wouldn't have thrown. And it. And I was kind of behind him, so I'm watching it. And I actually started. You thought it was. A, I started to take my hat off, thinking, you know, it's what a putt. Yeah. Saw the elbow back, almost came so far back, hit me in the chin. You know, he's ready to fist pump and rims out. Um, oh, so we gotta God. we gotta go out and, and settle this. Um, but like I said, set you know, up the Harva. Well, well, now you know when you have future high school matches there, mm-hmm. you have a similar putt. You know what what happens, right? Exactly. There's yeah. always lessons in something. Mm-hmm. You're gonna sit right there, six feet away, maybe a year. Or two Just from to now. say, I was the only one that got a match point for when we played St. Charles High this year. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> look at that tidbit. Well, look at that. Look at that great yeah. Gibby said. <laughs> Gibson painting. So anyway, so. We talked about the, the golf match, and do you want to end talking about you, you have this Ryan Leaf thing. I don't think anybody knows who Ryan Leaf is. I mean, I do. Okay. Former yes. quarterback. Former quarterback. Dra- only guy drafted ahead of Peyton Manning, right? Or, yes. Where did he go to college? Played Washington State. Good guy. Okay. And he um, was just a stud. He was a stud in college and uh, became a drug addict in the NFL, mm-hmm. stealing other people's Vicodin and stuff. Right. Spent some time in jail. And uh, so since he's turned his life around, he's – Kind of become story of inspiration. It's been on ESPN a lot. It's been hired by ESPN to uh, announce college football games. Really? So uh, let's just hope he's doesn't turn into a Bill Walton one or what drug he's on. Ooh, wow. Bill Walton. Wow. Man, that's Marshall Newman's favorite guy to watch. I uh, love. Him on. I love seeing Marshall's tweets. Oh, especially at like nine nine thirty <laughs> when the West Coast game's coming on, and oh. just so pumped about Bill Walton. Bill on. Walton. If you ever get a chance to listen to him, I, I think he's a hoot, and I think he does it to be a hoot, which is yeah. uh, kind of why we mess around and do this stuff too to have a good time. But so that's our that's our first one with Pete. Um, I, I had a lot of fun with that because sometimes you 
you can just kind of act and like you would if we were just kind of sitting around, yeah, absolutely. Um, having a good time and not as serious with a guest that you you know you have to ask these questions to. So sometimes you just want to have fun. I want to thank you for coming. I appreciate you guys having me. I'm uh, looking forward. If you guys have me back, hopefully I at least met the expectations. Well, I promise we're going to send st- out a Google survey and, uh, oh, to all boy. our listeners, and we'll reach you, and then we'll see what you get. Uh, but no, we loved having you, and, and Lou, another great job of, of preparation um, throughout the show. And to Iggy, Keith in the back, uh, thank you. And this is Chuck and Lou and Pete.